Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name's Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors. We're so glad that you're with us, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. If you're in person with us or maybe you're watching online for the first time, we're honored that you're with us and we call you our honored guest. And uh, if you are a guest with us, I always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. And here's why, as I know when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience, so please come back. We don't always give away Yetis uh, on Sunday, and so I'm sorry to exp- I apologize in advance. This is not a normal thing that we do every week, and so uh, people are like, does Yeti sponsor this church? Like, no, okay, so uh, we're just giving away Father's Day at the end, and so we like to have fun. If you do not like to have fun, this will not be your church. I'm just telling you, it just is what it is. So if you like fun, you're going to like it here. Uh, we like to have fun, and Jesus smiled. I, I'll prove it to you in the Bible. Anyway, and so uh, we're, we're having a great time. We, uh, we Also, if you are watching online, do me a favor. Will you like, comment, share, uh, leave a review? Just be interactive. Come on, say amen in the chat. Put your little favorite emoji. Just say, hey, I'm here from, you know, wherever you're watching. Believe it or not, we have people who watch from all around the world um, from our church. So so just so you know, you're, hey, we're multicultural, we're multinational. I feel like we're, you know, we're, you know, y- y'all are a big deal. So I just want you to know, you are a big deal. And so uh, we're God's doing some great things in this world. And we're just so happy uh, that you're with us. Uh, we are in the middle of a series called The Summer at Rise. And what I love about this series is because I get to teach on just whatever I want to do. Normally we teach in sermon series format, and I'll just find out what I have on my heart. And today is unique because it's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And uh, if you're a dad, come on, say yeah, you know what I mean? Like a big, burly, yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, it's man time. So it's going to be a man day today, so if you're a lady in here, I promise you, you're going to get something from this, but this is for the guys, all right? This is for the guys, and uh, we're just so glad that you made it out uh, today. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, uh, really about about words today, and I kind of wanted just to bring up the idea of words. My dad... When I was growing up, my dad used to tell me this thing. It was kind of a famous statement that he said. Most dads should say this, and if they didn't say this to you as your dad, this is a good thing to say. He said, son, always be a man of your word. Come on, how many of y'all know that? Have you ever heard that before? How many be a man of your word? And what he's trying to say is, like, if you said you're going to do something, come on, you ought to do it. And, and I thought that statement was interesting because I believe that the, the Bible teaches, if you're new here, we teach the Bible, just so you know. I'm not a self-help guru. Um, I wish you would like me. If, if I could, I would teach only things that would make you like me all the time. Uh, but we're not. We're, not, we're a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, full gospel, Holy Spirit-filled church. We believe in the in the power of that, that word. And so when we teach it, I see so much in the scriptures about what we say matters, that what we say matters. Our words matter, whether you text it, whether you type it on the internet, hello, uh, whether you, you, you say it, or wh- what, what you communicate matters. It, it, there's so much power in what you say. And I want to read you a scripture that's found in Proverbs. Now, if you don't know anything about the Bible, the Bible is split up in kind of two major sections, Old Testament, New Testament. Proverbs is found kind of middle-ish of the Old Testament. It's what they call a book of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. And it was written by Solomon, one of the most wise men. The Bible would say it's about himself. He's the most wisest man who has ever lived. And so he lives on this earth and he writes down wisdom and he starts to pen these ideas about what it is to live a godly life. In fact, Proverbs is a great place. If you're a new Christian in here and you're just checking out this thing called the Bible, I highly encourage you to get just, you can, what a lot of people do is kind of a cool thing. They, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So every, you know, you can kind of start with chapter one. How many of y'all ever done that? before the devotional, you just kind of chapter one, it's day one of month, you know, January 1st, and then chapter two is January 2nd or whatever, and you can kind of go through the Bible in a month. It's a fantastic way to, to, to just kind of get the word of God in your life. But Solomon pens a bunch of wisdom, and he says the interesting thing. I was just reading it the other day, okay? It just kind of popped up into, into my spirit as well. I was thinking about stuff, and then I was like, man, this would be so good for Father's Day. And it was Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I'll read this for you. We'll put it up on the screens. It says, death and life. Come on, I'll be able to see. That's pretty powerful words. You 
got death and you got life. I mean, there's if there's no more two extremes in the world, he wasn't saying kind of good, kind of not so good, you know, good-ish, bad-ish. No, he says death. He says life and the power of, of the tongue and the power of what we say. It's, it's powerful how you communicate. And those who love it will will eat its fruits, that, that there's a there's a unique thing about what we say and what we communicate. And dads, I got to be honest with you, honestly, for us as fathers, as the Bible teaches us to be leaders of our home, I used to hear that a lot. And you, you kind of like, well, man, what does that mean? And what, what is that? It just means maybe the most simple meaning of that would mean to model what you see in this word for the people who are in your family. Model how you live life. And Proverbs here saying, model, be so careful with what you say and model godly practices so that, so that you can, you can prosper and eat of its fruits. Model and remember that what you say can build up, right? Or it can tear down. And so today, I want to teach us today, if you're if you're just wondering, what, what is the power of words? I want to walk through that today if we can, just in a little bit of a text study today on Father's Day 2021. We pray with me. Father, I just thank you, God, that we're in here today. Thank you that you are the best dad. You are, Bible says, heavenly father that models for us what it is to be a good dad. And I pray no matter who we are in here, whether we're a father, whether we're trying to be a dad, whether we're just a follower of Jesus, that today your word is true and it can mean something to all of us. So Holy Spirit, take the words that I've created. These notes mean nothing, God, unless they're powered by you, Holy Spirit. Change us today in Jesus' name. Anybody said? Amen. Amen. Um, I've noticed about, baby, can you have my phone real quick? I forgot to bring it up here. Um, thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, I've noticed about, about, you know, communication nowadays, um, it's done a lot through this. You know, how many of y'all don't even really you know, I grew up in a family where we yelled. Like, anybody have a family where we, y'all were just loud? Like, anybody else like me? Just right, you know, like, we just loud, you know? And so my wife didn't grow up in a family like that. She, you know, they, they, they kind of talked at normal voice. And I'm like, that's weird, you know? Like, we, you know, we, so, so when I was upstairs, you know, my dad, when it was time for dinner, what did my dad do? He didn't walk up to my room and, you know, knock on the door and walk in. Helloeth, soneth, you know, fathereth would like you to come eat his dinner. You know, it wasn't like that. You know, it was like, you know, I'd be downstairs and he'd be like, hey! It's dinner time. It get down here. You know, like that's how we did it, right? And so we would just scream. And so nowadays, but what we do, right, what do we do now? You just text everybody. You know, you get your family on a group text. It's like dinner. You know, you don't even write out the whole word. You just put a little emoji with meat on it, right, and just say, come on. You know, it's just, it's just time, for, time for food. And so, but I've noticed that if you don't communicate right with text, you can really be misunderstood. And uh, one thing I've noticed about, you know, was, have y'all ever, uh, y'all, y'all had this problem with uh, the, the autocorrect feature on text messages? Anybody ever had an issue, like, where you sent something, and before you know it, I text really fast. So I talk fast. I text like I talk. So I text, I'm t- I'll send stuff out, and all of a sudden, somehow, and I'll look back up. Has anybody ever done that? You look back up, and you go, oh, that did not come out right, you know? And so I thought I, my, my, our staff found some funny text, like autocorrect text stuff. Y'all just want to have some fun today. So I said, we'll just put some pictures up. I thought these were funny. So this is one from, some, from Deanna. It says, go to Home Depot's website. I need to help choosing between two paint colors. Okay, what are they? Bear paint, either French lilac or mystic farts. Okay, mystic farts for sure. She's, oh, mystic fairy, not mystic farts. I just burst out laughing. I hope the paint isn't scented. Amen. <laughs> 
That was a funny one. All right, the, the next one they found. What's another one? So this is from grandma. This is funny. I mean, have you ever text your grandma? She, you said, how you, heard you got an iPhone. How you like it? Massachusetts. <laughs> they don't know what they're texting, right? They're just autocorrect. All right, and so uh, here's another one. There's a burglar in the house. Oh, my God. Call the police. Get out of there. I'm coming out to get there. there. No, there's no burglar in the house. I know I'm coming. Mom, call the cops. I'm getting out. There's a squirrel in the house. A squirrel. Oh, are you kidding me? I almost had a heart attack. Come on. That's autocorrect fail right there. That's just... There's a burglar and a squirrel. This is a good one right here. Your great aunt just passed away. Laugh out loud. Why is that funny? It's not funny, David. What do you mean? Mom, laugh out loud means laughing out loud. Oh, my goodness. I sent that to everyone. I thought it meant lots of love. I have to call everyone back. Oh, God. That's pretty bad. This is the best one. This is the last one. Love you, babe. Good night. My love for you is so strong, I could buy you. I would buy you a casket if I could. Castle. I promise I meant castle. Autocorrect. Why do you ruin me so much, Emily? Hello. She stopped talking. That was it. You know, so just, uh, you know, because honestly, like, you got to be careful with your words. Everybody say careful. You got to be careful with how you say things because, you know, Solomon's really saying, like, you got to be careful. Death and life. Come on. He just, he lost something right there. She's like, well, you gone. You know, you buy me a casket. That's how much you love me. Because there's, there's way, what you say matters. Guys, listen, dads, what you say matters. What you don't say matters. And you're not going to be perfect. Come on, we're all, we're all going to fail in this somehow. But what you say it doesn't mean that, that it, just because you can't be perfect doesn't mean there's not a, a godly way. And so I thought, like, when he said, when, when, when Solomon said death and life, I'm like, dang, what does that mean? Like, what, is, what do death words feel like. And I thought I'd just give you a list. This is kind of like a contemporary list of just things that I think sometimes we as dads, and I say we, not you, me too, like we as dads. So I just wrote down all the things that I do wrong, and I hope that maybe you can relate to them, okay? So these are my fails, and I thought maybe you you can relate to these death words. I'll give you one of mine. This is uh, excessive words. Come on, these are words that just shouldn't be said. Sometimes we just talk too much. Sometimes we bring death with our words because you and I say just a little too much. I like what Proverbs says in chapter 10. He says, when words are many, sin is not absent. Then he says, sometimes, but, but he who holds his tongue is wise. How many of y'all know, dads, you know this, especially if you've been married a while and you've been around the block with, with your wife. You understand. You've had some moments with her, and you know that sometimes you, you should say a little to say a lot. Some, sometimes we, we say too much. Something, you know how we do this? We always try to, anybody else try to fix it like me? Anybody else like, your wife comes up to you, she has an issue, and you, you can't even really hear what she's saying, because what you're doing right now is problem solving. You're like, well, let me, I can fix that right now. <laughs> let me step into this situation, and, and what I've learned, and, and this is from my pastors and my counselors and my marriage therapists and all, the, I'm just telling you, this is, this is free for you. If you've never been to a marriage counselor, I'm going to give it to you for free because I spent a lot of money going to counseling and so because I need it. And so um, she had, he said to me one time, he said, because I said, I told my counselor, I said, why doesn't she just let me fix it? Really what I was saying is, why doesn't she just let me fix her? And he said, sometimes, he said, sometimes, I like that word, sometimes, you just need to be there. Sometimes you just should say less to say more. 
He taught me a sentence, and I'm going to teach you guys. This is free. This is so good. I mean, just put this in your uh, dad-husband toolbox. When your wife, next time, comes to you and says something bad that happened to her in her life, this is a great statement to say, all right? And if you're offended by this, I apologize. But this is what you should say. Honey, I'm sorry. That sucks. That's it. Honey, I'm sorry. I feel for you. That sounds terrible. I, I wish I could fix I'm here for you, and I love you. Don't try to fix it. Come on. How many of y'all know, like, sometimes, ladies, come on, can I get an amen in here? Sometimes you don't need them to step into the situation. Sometimes they just need to hold your hand, right? Sometimes they just need, you just need them to hug you a little bit. Sometimes they just need you to just, just hey, take me to ice cream. Car. You don't have to fix it, guys. Sometimes you can say a little to say a lot. That's good. I should amen myself. Number two, uh, negative words. Okay, I'm a culprit for this. Negative. I can be negative. Can anybody else be negative in here? I just have a negative outlook on things sometimes. And this is rude words or fighting words or critical words. These are death words. We're talking about things that bring death. And sometimes what we say can be labeled as insensitive. So I've noticed this, like, come on, like your kid comes to you and it's not a big deal to you, but it's a huge deal to them. Come on. They drop their ice cream. I saw a guy one time, his son dropped his ice cream. He started crying, and the dad was screaming at him like, don't worry about it. It's just ice cream. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Now, the dad knows that he can go buy him ice cream, but this, to the son, you got to remember, to the kid, he just dropped. His whole world just fell and is melting on the ground. And sometimes you can be negative to them and tear down what's inside of them, their innocence, and what sometimes you just need to get down with their ice cream on their knees and say, son, I'm so sorry. And not be so negative and be, be, be positive. Sometimes it's a big deal. Just because it's not a big deal to you doesn't mean it's not a big deal to them. And I just notice sometimes, man, I can be like that. I, well, my wife will come to me and she'll say something that hurt her feelings. And I'll say things like, well, you're being too sensitive. Come on, that's negative. Well, you need to get over it. Come, come on, that's, that's negative. It, it, sometimes the words that I say can be so negative that I don't bring about positivity in her life. I thought this was an interesting verse. Let me just tell you, if I ever read a verse in the Bible about me and got convicted about it, this was it. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 18 says, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. Come on, is that not poetic? <laughs> I'm like, are you writing about me? Solomon, I'm not even alive when you wrote this. How did you know? He said, verse 19, is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. Now, I don't know about you, but my theme song for my wife when I offend her is, honey, I was only joking. Any, anybody else going to, anybody else, or are you just going to leave your pastor up here to just fricassee <laughs> under the lights? Okay, we got one. Okay, God sees you. All right, um, but like, I say that to her, and I'm like, I was only joking. And what am I saying? Well, really, what I'm saying is I'm just trying to get out of what I I know I said something negative. What I really should say is, honey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? That was not my intention. I, I, I will be better. Now. Come on, y'all see the difference? So I'm not trying to get out of something. I'm trying to accept my responsibility for something. Be careful with being negative. Number three is this, the gossip words. These are gossipy words, all right? Now, you got to be careful with this. Now, what's funny about church people, as church folk, is we're really good at this. So if you're not a Christian in here, you're, you're, you must be better than we are, because like Christians, we love to gossip, and we do it in like really Christian ways. 
Like, it sounds really godly. We go to, it sounds like this, be like, look, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I think we need to pray. You know what I mean? Like, you bring God into it. Like, I think we need to pray about blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, and you always know, because you can feel that little spirit, like, I probably shouldn't say something right now, but I'm going to say it anyway, and I'm just going to cover it with God and pretend like nobody notices. But just so you know, people notice, and they notice about you. And so what's funny is what happens is you'll get a reputation if you're not careful. Now you, they know you're trying to pray about me about other people, so I ain't ever going to tell you nothing because you a, you a gossip. These are one of the most deadliest times. Proverbs 11 says this. This is Solomon still. We're just kind of doing a, a topical study on words inside the book of Proverbs. He says, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps, he keeps a secret. Keeps a secret. Now, what's funny about gossip is it's a little bit of a supply and demand type of thing. And I've told somebody the other day, because they were like, man, people gossip around me all the time. I said, now listen, if you buying it, they're going to be selling it, you realize. There was this car. I wasn't around. I wasn't alive when it was made. It was called the Ford Pinto. Was anybody around when the, come on, anybody remember the Ford Pinto? All right, now, it's funny about the Ford Pinto. I should have put a picture of the Ford Pinto up on the thing. Maybe we'll do that for next service. But there was a Ford Pinto. I read an article about the Ford Pinto, and I said, they said, why did you stop making the Ford Pinto? You want to know what the answer was? And nobody bought it. Basically the summary. Nobody wanted the Ford Pinto, which whoever made that car and that name in the marketing department should be fired, right? Like, if the, how, however that got through, Ford's, like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody wasn't paying attention that day. And so the Ford Pinto stopped being made because the, the demand was not there. And so if you want people to stop gossiping around you, this is for free. If you want people to stop gossiping around you, shut it down. You'd be surprised how people stop gossiping around you and be like, hey, like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, when you stop buying it, people stop selling it, and then you don't have to worry about it. Just a thought. That's free. All right, number four, uh, it, lying words, like untrue words, people who lie. Like some people are like, you know, like, you know, it's just a white lie. No, it's a lie. Like, that ain't the truth. I like what Proverbs 6 says. He says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a, ha- a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies unto a man who stirs up dissension among the brothers. Now, what you have to understand is three of them have to do with the tongue, and two of them have directly dealing with lying. So if God hates it, my hypothesis would be we probably shouldn't mess around with it. And the issue is, is sometimes there's, we, we buy into the lie that it, it only affects us. And the two truths about lying really you need is lying always hurts someone, always hurts someone. Someone's always getting hurt when you lie, always. And, and the second thing is it breaks down trust. It breaks down the trust that people have in you the trust that you have in yourself, the trust that you have in the words that you're saying. It's, it's amazing how if you, the, those sociological studies will show you like people who lie a lot, they can't even determine and decipher between what's true and what's real, what's not real in their life because they do it so much they've convinced themselves of the very thing they're lying about. So you gotta be careful. I'm telling you, it's hurting someone. It's breaking down trust. One of the, um, one of the two, we have two rules in our house. I have five young boys. Pray for me as a father, okay? If I can make it to 18 with my last child, that's a victory, y'all. Like, I'm a, y'all don't even know what I'm gonna do. I don't even know I'm gonna go to Disneyland by myself, <laughs> right? You know, just walk around and just whatever. Um, but like, we have two rules with our young kids. One is don't disrespect mom. 
and the second one is we, we don't lie. And, 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 and I kind of like, those are kind of the two main rules. Those are the two unpardonable sins in our house, honestly. Uh, you know, we have other minor rules, obviously, but like the two main ones are the, and the, the one we always tell, and I always tell my sons, I said, sons, why, why don't we, we always talk about it. I said, why don't we lie? And the number one thing is because it breaks down trust. Relationships are built on trust. I have to trust you. You have to trust me. So, son, I won't lie to you, and you won't lie to me. And our trust will grow so that one day when you're out of my house, we can be friends. We can have a relationship outside of our family. And how many of y'all know that that's not guaranteed when people leave your home? How many of y'all know that? Some of y'all don't have a relationship with your father because there was trust. Come on. There was trust broken down, whether it was on your side or his side. It does, sometimes you, 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 you forget. You realize that blood is not the thickest thing in the world. It's Christ's blood that's the thickest thing in the world. And he says we don't lie because we want to build trust. So I want to wrap my relationships around the, the blood of Christ and what he says to do so that, that I can have the best the best things. And the last one is this idle words. These are death words real quick. And this is, um, this is words that, have, um, uh, that, that bring no value. That bring no value. These are death words we're talking about. Matthew 12 says, and I tell you this, you must give an account for judgment day for every idle word that you speak. Proverbs does mention this. They kind of use it in a different fashion, but, but he says, I like what Jesus, for every idle word you speak. Now people go like, well, what's an idle word? Y'all know what, like when a car is at idle? I was talking like a car was idling. It's not doing anything. It's standing still. And so what he's saying is he's saying, be careful that your words don't start to mean nothing. It's an integrity issue. It's kind of what my dad used to say when he was growing up. Hey, son, when you say something, you do it. You be a, well, you be a what? You be a man of your, of your word. What he was saying is don't let your words be idle, that when you make a promise, you keep it. So when you, when, you, when you break a promise, let me just tell you this, especially dads who are, are um, something I learned just from my leaders is even at a young age, kids can tell and they remember when you break a promise to them. They can remember. It's eerie. Sometimes my sons will bring up stuff that like years ago, like, dad, remember when you told me that and you never did it? And I'm like, oh my God. I'll just go get ice cream. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? Come on, how many of y'all dads ever had that happen? You know, your kids just blow your mind. You know, you're like, I thought you didn't even notice that. And they're like, no, I remember. They remember. Be, look, you're not going to always do it right. But we can be. Come on. We can keep our word. Now, words, words, right? Since, since there are, are death words, then there are, are life words. I think life words are all wrapped around this idea of blessing people. That you and I need to have words that bless others around us. When I say bless, I mean to speak life, praise, encouragement, and the truth in love. In, in love. I like what Proverbs uh, 16 says. It says, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. May, may we be, as dads, come on, y'all can do this. I believe in you. May we be gracious with our words. May we, we build up and be life-giving with our words. We, we know one of the things people love about our church. Um, uh, the, the number one, number one compliment our church gets when they walk in they say stuff, and it's all different kinds of categories, but it's all the same way. It's life-giving. Like, we're a life-giving church. I grew up in, like, life-taking churches, right? Like, the ones you walked in, and then you walked out feeling like, I have no hope. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to happen now. Apparently, there's a God who is extremely angry. 
about something that I did. And I have to desperately, I mean, I live like that, y'all. And, and we just set out when we planted our church, like, what if it seems to me that God loves me and is for me and doesn't hate me? If you ever wanted to see how God sees you, it's amazing when you have kids. God, I think having a child is God giving you a glimpse into how he sees you. He loves you. And so if, if he loves you that much, and he's a life-giving person because he, he breathed life into us, we should breathe life into the world. So I'm going to give you five real quick people we should bless with our words. These are life-giving words. These are life words that bring life. Well, number one, we should bless God. We should bless God. Guys, get into the habit of blessing God. Now, I know what that means. It's kind of like weird. Like, what? Well, that kind of sounds churchy. How am I going to bless God? I thought he gives me the blessing. How are you going to bless God? God doesn't need no blessing. No, what blessing God means is to give thanks and to give praise. You need to know this, like when the, um, when the children of Israel walked around the desert, when the tabernacle was created, what they used to do before they could even walk into the, before the priest could even walk into the center. I'm going to teach on this one day. Um, just, I'm going to teach about the tabernacle, the inner court, the outer court, the blessed, the holy of holies, where the ark of the covenant was and all that. But let me just tell you, before they were able to walk one step past the, the you know, the, the, uh, the tent um, was, was what they call the outer courts. And you could not step one step forward without this principle. You had to start with blessing God. Now, what does that mean for us? Maybe, guys, in every aspect of your life, start with blessing God. Start your day with blessing God. Even if you wake up and the first thing that comes to your mind is your problems, you say, God, thank you that I woke up and I'm able to think of all the terrible things that are about to happen to me today. <laughs> Anybody else like that about me? Like, I just wake up and I think, like, my negative, I'm, like, already negative. I'm, like, uh, and I just have to switch on my brain, come on, to go, God, thank you for giving me breath in my lungs. God, I didn't have to wake up today. God, I'm grateful for my wife. There's, there is a, a, someone married me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that I have kids. Thank you that I have a roof over my health, they, uh, they, uh, my, my head. Thank you that I got, I got food in the, in, the, in the fridge. Thank you that I got money in the bank. Thank you that I got a car to drive. Thank you that I got carpet to put my feet on. Thank you that I have uh, some dogs that run around and act crazy. Thank you that I, come on, like how, y'all gotta get, what, what's really good is, when you start getting to the single individual hairs on your head, you're probably done thanking God. But just start with it. When you're walking into a situation, start. God, thank you that you're with me, that you go ahead of me, and that you're going to fix this. God, before you walk into work, God, thank you that I have a job because there's a lot of people who don't. And then I get to walk in and make some money, and work is unto you. God, thank you. Before you walk into a situation with your wife, God, thank you that I could just walk in, that I get to hear. I told this one time. One, I literally, I was fighting with my wife. I said, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful that I get to yell and be screaming and be in a fight with you right now. I'm thankful. And I walked out. You know what I'm saying? Just, just think, I'm just trying to teach myself, right? Just trying to teach myself. I just got blessed. I got to bless God. Why? Because I think when your heart and your posture is, is gratitude, God can come into it and come into that situation. It's how you invite God into it. That's good. Amen. Number two, we bless our kids. I'm almost done, dads, I promise. We bless our kids. We bless our kids. There, there are all too often we can slip into negative what you should do parenting. And so I do it like this. I'm like, I say stuff like, what are you thinking? Right? 
Why would you do that? I, I ask my kids questions, things that they don't have the answer to. Just so you know, the answer to every time you ask your kid, why did you do that? They don't know. <laughs> like science proves it. Okay, their brains have not fully functioned yet, especially the part that causes them to make wise decisions. Doctor, you know what I'm talking about. Like, it, they're, they're, it hasn't developed yet. So when you ask them things like, why did you do that? They don't know. So when you speak to them, maybe instead of why can't you get better grades, you say something like, son, I believe in you, and I know you to be a man of God that can do better next time. How can I help? You see the difference? Instead of saying, what were you thinking? You can say, son, when, when you do stuff like that, here's the result of it. You're feeling it a little bit. Maybe next time, how can I help you? Come on, you step into the situation. I'm so grateful that God doesn't do that with us. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you grateful that our Heavenly Father doesn't look at us when we do something dumb like you did today on the way to church? All of us did. He doesn't look at us and go, what were you thinking? Because you know what's funny? We, in our developed, mature brains, couldn't answer that to God either. I don't know. Why did you cut that person off in traffic and then tell them he was number one? Like, <laughs> we don't know. It was in me, God. Like, all, all you say the same things your kids say to you. You're like, well, I wanted to do it. It felt good. <laughs> so we got to be careful with, with, with saying things and model our fatherly voice after God's father. Here's, an, here's just a thought. This is a cool little thought. I want to read you something. This is important on the words that you as a father speak to your kids. Okay, because it's so good. This is, and this is, I, I hope this is encouraging. Like we could, this is what I want to speak life, encouraging life. Matthew chapter 3 says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son who, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Okay, pause. So if you're new to the Bible, you would think, so that's like after he did a bunch of miracles, right? So like he was pleased with him once he was like, Jesus, like the Jesus. <laughs> like he was well pleased with him when he baptized folk and he'd be like blind eyes open and he'd just be walking around on water, backflips, <laughs> acting like it was the earth. This is before Jesus' ministry. It blows our mind. This is before Jesus could do anything cool. Before we thought he was like Jesus. Before Jesus was Jesus, this is like, he's just Jesus. And he baptizes him in the Father's voice. It's so cool. He says, before you do anything, son, I love you. I'm pleased with you. That should speak to you. Because some of us are still trying to please him to get his love. You're like, if I could just be so good, I'm going to be good one day, God. You're going to be happy with me one day. You're going to be pleased with me. God, just give me one more day. Tomorrow, I'll be perfect for you. And if you notice that tomorrow never comes. And I think sometimes God sits up there and goes, I'm already pleased with you. I'm already love you. You're already amazing because, well, you, you came from me. It's like I look at my kids. Like, you already, I love you, son. You're great. I told my son the other day, I said, son, you know there's nothing you can do 
you can, there's nothing you can do that make me not love you. His eyes looked at me and go, nothing? <laughs> I'm like, well, don't take, don't take liberty with that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but if you have a kid in here, do you, right? Right? Is there anything that that child could do to make you not love them? Like anything. Can, can, is there anything? No. Why? It came from you. And, and we should, we should bless our children and make sure, not that we know that. Come on, they need to know that. Isn't it interesting that God speaks to Jesus, who's God on earth? I'm pretty sure Jesus knew that. Why did God say that? Why did he say it? Why did he say it? Come on. They need to know it. They need to hear it. Come on. Our, our sons, our kids need to hear it. That's good. Anyway, number two, number three, we bless our wife. We bless our wife. I'm almost done. Uh, Ephesians chapter five, it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy and cleansing with the washing of the water of the word. I tell men all this. And anytime I counsel people, which by the way, I am not a good marriage counselor because I'll just tell you what's wrong and tell you to fix it. You need to find a marriage counselor. That's great. And license to know what they're doing. Um, but like what I always tell people though, and men especially, is that you gotta be careful. Like your wives are always a response. They're always a reflection of your leadership. And so if they're not doing what you want them to do, just remember, you have some a part, play, part to play in that because they're under your leadership. Now, of course, there's outliers and little things, but most of the time, come on, they're, they're, they're gardens that we plant seed into. And I pray that your words, remember, your words are seeds. Your words are, man, they could whew, be careful what you say to them. I like what it says. You need to wash your wife with the water of the word. Maybe get up and bless your wife and speak life over her. Speak the word of God over her. Speak this Bible over her. Speak that over her. You'd be surprised. All of a sudden, you're like, you don't know my wife. Do you know my wife? That may be somebody else's wife. That ain't my wife. I'm just telling you, like, speak that over her. See what happens. God, God's faithful. God's true. We, we need to bless our wife. Number four is this. We need to bless our enemies. I know this is not a popular opinion today because for you, your enemy needs to be cursed and you need to highlight your enemy and then we need to make sure we know who our enemy is and then you need to get all your other friends on Facebook to love and hate the enemy that is your enemy and then we need to make sure people know why that they're your enemy and then make sure your enemy is on blast so that your enemy can be canceled. That's how we deal with the enemies. Let's see what the Bible has to say. about. I was, it's so funny to me. Like, Pastor, what do you think about whatever the culture says? I go, I have no opinion because I'm a Bible-believing Christian. This is what I believe. So what do I think about my enemies? I don't have an opinion about my enemies. Last time I checked, I gave my opinion making to God. So God's opinion about my enemies, let's see what he says. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies. That makes no sense to me because if it was my choice, I'd cancel them too. <laughs> Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So why would Jesus ever say that? The reason he says that is for two main reasons. Number one, when you bless your enemies, you break their hold over your life. Because I've noticed the more I get entrenched into my bitterness and my hatred and my anger and my division, the more I get into that, the more I watch my news channel and the talking head that speaks what I believe. And I like all the things on Facebook, which has the algorithms that make sure to see the things that I believe. The more I do that, the more I go, I want to punch someone. 
and it hurts me. It affects me. And so Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to live that way, by all means. But if you want to break their hold over your life, just bless them. God bless them. I don't understand. I need to see them as God sees them. Their son, their daughter of your. Bless them. You got me. I don't even need to got me, right? You got me. Bless them. Breaks their hold over their life. Last one is this, and I'm done. We need to bless ourselves. 1 Samuel chapter 30. This is important. Now, if you checked out and you're asleep, wake them up. All right, so just, just look. I'm done, I promise. Um, hear me. You, you need to speak better of yourself more than likely. We have an inner critic. All guys do. Some have more and worse than others. I have the worst inner critic. Just so you know, everything you don't like about this church, I don't like about this church. Everything you don't like about how I speak, I don't like about how I speak. Everything you don't, I'm just telling you, like, I have the worst inner critic in my head. I go, Sunday afternoons are really hard on me, just so you know. So I go home and I think about all the ways I could have been better. It's a terrible way to live. And I remember God telling me one time, he said, hey, Aaron, 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 remember, I loved you and I'm pleased with you before you even planted the church. I'm pleased with you before you uh, got into ministry. I'm pleased with you before you woke up and, 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 and you were born into this earth. I love you, and I was pleased with you. Why don't you just go and follow your calling and do the best you can? He says, bless yourself. I like what 1 Samuel says. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke stoning of him, stoning him. It's like Sunday afternoon. I'm telling you, this is like where I'm like, somebody said something. I didn't reference the Bible enough, or I talked too much about the Bible. I talked too fast. I talked too slow. I didn't do many jokes. Not enough jokes. I have a big LED screen behind me. No LED screen. There's smoke. There's lights. There's lasers. There's not lasers. It's like, what's going on? I'm like, so I'm sitting at home, and he's like, and I feel David here. Anybody ever just feel like that? Like you could just do no right? Dads, I know we feel that sometimes. It's because the soul of all the people was grieved, and every man and his sons and his daughters. And I like this. He says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Some translations say, encouraged himself in the Lord. Encouraged himself in the Lord. So I know this is going to sound cheesy. Okay, I'm not a cheesy guy, this is, but this is probably a cheesy thing to some people. But I think it's powerful, so I don't care. I've kind of given up on the idea of being cool anyway. Most of my kids think I'm not. So, <laughs> but if you're, if you're a dad in here, I thought maybe we would just do something, okay? I'm not going to make you stand up or do anything weird. But maybe if you could just... Um, Close your eyes. Just maybe everybody in here so we don't feel weird, but just everybody in here, close your eyes. But if you're a dad, will you put your hand on your heart? And, and, and I just thought maybe we could say this together as fathers. And if you're watching online, will you do this with me? Just, just everybody, if we could just do this together. I thought this would be... I just want to speak something over ourselves. This is what I do every morning when I wake up. Because I have to encourage myself in the Lord because of my inner critic. And I thought maybe we could say this. Would you, would you say this with me? And just, again, just humor me. And I just feel the power of this. Holy Spirit... Right, right, just just feel the power of this. Just right now, Holy Spirit, you speak to us. Okay, say this with me. Say it, say it, say it with me. Say, I am the Son. Come on, guys. Come on, Father. Like like you mean it. Say, I am the Son of the King of all kings. I lay down my pride and selfishness, giving all glory to God, the one true God. I love my family. 
like Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. I fight for purity, guarding my eyes and heart from tempting situations. I seek friendships from godly men to sharpen my perspective. I wait for God to open the right doors and take action when he does. I'm not defined by my failures or my successes. I finish what I start. I never give up. I act justly. I love mercy. I walk humbly. Through Christ, I'm strong, gentle, fierce, and compassionate. I will fight the good fight for what matters most because I'm a son. Because I'm a son. Because I'm a son of the one true God.